0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Um, happy to be on the podcast with y'all. How's everybody feeling? It's raining out here, bro.
1: So y- y'all already know
0: I got oh, that sorry. hour-long train
1: ride. Oh, and then yeah. it started It started pouring, pouring. And so, yeah, Lena, she told me, she was like, make sure you don't forget the, L- uh, the umbrella today.
0: I almost did, but she came in. Oh, here. yeah. So you got it. So you got it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She was like, it's gonna okay. be raining all day.
0: And yeah, hmm. there was Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's that's been sunny. So, yeah, that's interesting.
2: It has been sunny and hot as hell here. So I I don't I don't envy the rain, but I wish it was a little bit cooler. But yeah, man. It's been it's been good, man. All weekend was good. I just been relaxing. Uh just getting ready for the week. I got a pretty aggressive week in terms of some milestones I'm trying to hit. So um yeah i'm just i'm super excited but i was looking i've been looking forward to this podcast because the topics that I've been diving into have been uh, showing some interesting sure. insights so I won't jump ahead but yeah I, i've been yeah. looking forward to this recording
0: for sure for sure no to everybody listen i uh, I can't wait for uh to talk to uh to more of those things too because uh that it's 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 very uh important but uh it off a little bit more lighthearted though um look So Zuck versus uh, Musk um, has been a conversation for the last month or two. Um, People not really understanding, like, who's serious, who's not serious. Um, Both sides doing their own communications in different ways. Like, uh, you know, you have Zuck on his new platform, Threads. um, But then you also have, um, and sorry, guys, you guys hear like a ambulance in the background. But um, then you have, you know, uh, Musk. Who's, who's who just acquired Twitter and he's, you know, like, you know, probably the most followed person on Twitter at the at the current point. And um, it seems like it's not happening. Uh, but both of them seem to be pointing the finger at why it's not happening. Um, uh, even going as far as to putting some text messages from each other. Um, but uh essentially Zuck doesn't think uh Elon is serious and that they should move on. Elon's saying, Hey, look, you know, I've done some practices, but you know, I'm a busy guy, et cetera. What do y'all think? what's going on there? And should we actually care? How, to be honest, I, I, did, I like I, I couldn't care less, but
2: how did this even Seriously. come about though? Because at one point in time they were discussing like holding a fight at the at the Coliseum, Coliseum. Rome, yeah, And I was like, Whoa, that was crazy. <laughs> I, I didn't even know like they still have fights there. I'm like, I thought that was shut down like a thousand years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently they're they,
0: <laughs> bro.
1: No, I think this started boiling over after uh mark mark's um interview with lex friedman Mm. because Ah, that that was around that was around the time you know mark had mentioned that he was doing jujitsu and all that and i think Mm -hmm. you know then you started seeing uh lex friedman do do karate and all that with elon and then it started to turn into you got these billionaires who are all doing this cool martial arts Mm
2: -hmm. i think that's
1: kind of how it spun
2: I think real talk wow. I, I think Elon is I don't know if he's afraid, but he's obviously not And one. I don't think he's, he's like, in physical shape. so like, I, I think that's one <laughs> I think that's one thing. Two, I don't yeah. think he is like I don't think he's trained and I don't think he's trained enough. like when I've seen Zuck videos and I'm not like a huge <laughs> martial arts guy, but I do like start, right. I, I follow it like here and there. When I see Zuck training, like with Lex who is uh, has been training for a long time as well. And training like like Zuck actually training with people who really do this. Oh, hold on. He he, he 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 was training with GS Elon. uh GSP. I'm like, Elon do not want this, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He don't want Elon this. doesn't. I'm like, he, I'm not gonna lie. He's he, he not yeah, ready. I, but but at the could. same
2: time, though, no, I feel like Elon is that person that like the fact that Zuck has gone public and said that like, oh, Elon's not serious. I feel like that's just enough for Elon to like be like, all right, <laughs> to get serious. I'm about to get serious <laughs> and like we really, we really gonna do this thing. 'Cause I I, I yeah. can't imagine like Elon taking public disrespect like uh well. Yeah. And basically that's what Zuck did. Like he yeah, basically okay. was like, he's not serious. Like he 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 knows what this is gonna be. Like I'm not yeah. even worried about this. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. He I'm decided to move on. Yeah. Go ahead. What you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it a side with you. I think Elon would would figure out a way to take take the L pretty well. I think his whole thing would mm-hmm. be I have more sure.
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> I feel like Elon. I, I I do think that. Okay, here's what I think. I think we Elon. I have multiple compares. He's, <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna fall back Sorry. on that. He's gonna fall back. <laughs> uh, who got, got the most red though? Who got the most red though? <laughs> but um, that's funny. That's funny. Well, here's what I think. I agree with Dre. Uh, Elon is not prepared. I think Elon uh said that shit off the cuff. Uh, that shit got a little bit more serious than he thought. Elon also is a big – he's not, like, the, the smallest guy either. He, you know, he's over six feet. You know, Mark is a, is a little bit smaller. Mark is built, though. You know, Elon – like, based on what I've seen, Elon not – he's not built like that, you know. So, you know, there's a side difference. And also, Mark, he really does it. You know, so when when Mark says that, hey, you're not – hey, he's not serious. Like, yeah, he wants to come to the backyard and shit, but he ain't really, you know uh, – i i i really look at i look at that like mark right too because from my perspective i get why elon would delay uh elon's out of shape he's he's running a ridiculous amount of companies um very large organizations and he also has multiple kids um any regular human being um may find that difficult and also by the way he doesn't have one wife like how um mark does so um any one person might find that difficult to squeeze in, you know, some training uh, with someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who is a lot more, um, you know, uh, stable with his, uh, his 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 umbrella there. But uh, Elon is giving Conor
1: McGregor vibes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, right. And, right. I see. Yeah. And
1: Mark 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 is
2: giving Floyd Mayweather vibes. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Yeah, down. It like, actually and, hurts. Yeah, I'm such
2: a I'm such a huge fan of Connor. And but it, hey, he, he is where he is. He's done. He's done what he's done. You know, it's his it's his doing. It is what it is. But I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. Maybe it's because he's entertaining. I think that's what it is. I think I think I think we, I think we're just naturally drawn towards people who are just incredibly entertaining, who can just become a character, who could take on this character persona. Uh, of money, yeah. of strength, of power, like a war, like a modern day warrior in a sense. I think that's just attractive yeah. uh, in, yeah. in today's society. So he he definitely captivated the audience. But yeah, much less relevant than uh, than a Floyd Mayweather for sure.
0: 100%. However, if they do do it, uh, I will clearly tune in on just off the entertainment value. I'll get out of it. It'll be a moment. Um, but I don't expect it to pan out. And uh, like Zuckerberg Would you pay? Would you pay to watch it? Um, Like if it was like a pay-per-view. Maybe uh, not as much. Maybe it's like $20 or something. I would.
2: Maybe like 20 bucks. I
0: would pay. I would pay because I I think, uh, you know, um, I would pay. Yeah, I would pay Uh, based on the way that, like, you know, I was framing it. It would would be free on X and et cetera. But if it wasn't, I I would pay. Uh, But that really is more so because I would like to be a part of the live event that it would be. Hmm. You know, uh, it'd be Hmm. people from all, all, you know, um, people from every side of, like, these people are very, like, they're touching everybody's lives. There's nobody that you know that doesn't have a Facebook account. There's nobody that you know that doesn't, like, uh, is not, like, maybe benefiting from, like, something Elon made, like, PayPal, et cetera. So, you know, I think I would pay.
2: I think it would be probably one of the most streamed events if it actually happened and it actually was recorded. Like, did Did they actually live stream it? I, yeah. I think it would be huge because I think people would just, again, entertainment purposes, people would just want to see, you got two, when is yeah. the last time we've seen yeah. two really rich billionaires fight each other? we have never seen it. or never. It's for like, a, it's like a unicorn. It's like a unicorn. Right. Exactly. For fun. And they don't even need the money. It don't yeah. matter what you pay them. It's not, it, it, it won't even matter. <laughs> yeah. You can pay them it nothing. everything. It literally yeah. doesn't matter. So we never seen that before. Yeah. So I definitely think it would draw a crowd. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it it it's, it it will draw a crowd, uh, for sure. Uh, uh, but yeah, yo. So, um, on another note, though, um, uh, Dre, you brought up something that um uh, I had saw on Twitter, but uh, yeah, I was like, uh, feel free to dive into it because I think you have uh, you've looked uh pretty deep into some uh, what's going on there.
2: Are you talking about the Fearless Fund or the, mm-hmm. uh, the uh...
0: Fearless Fund? The stuff Sorry
2: about that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, yeah, this came across my radar. Actually, I, I heard about the fearless fund like a while ago, like when they announced, like you know, like every VC fund, you know, they do their little announcement on TechCrunch or the information, you know, the fifty million dollar round, hundred million dollar round, you know, you know, we, we see it every single day. So I heard about them a while ago, but they kind of fell off my radar. But up and up recently, um, they came back up because they are currently being sued for violating the Civil Rights Act. And at first, I kind of just like kept scrolling, like I didn't pay much attention to it. Um, But then I I was like, you know, let me let me dig a little bit deeper and see like where where is the merit of this lawsuit? But what really caught my eye was when I found out who was behind it. So let me give a little bit of context. So the Fearless Fund is a venture capital fund started by two uh, black women. It's a hundred million dollar fund. This fund has been backed by some pretty big corporate backers like Costco, um, Bank of America, Uh, Goldman Sachs, I think they're a part of it as well. J.P. Morgan Chase as well. So some really big corporate backers have come together and deployed 100 million dollars into this VC fund that is specifically formed to invest in uh, uh, Black, Asian, Hispanic, and Native American women businesses. So that's they they literally have a very clear thesis of exactly what they're looking for. So they're looking for minority women of color to back and invest in uh, two investments that they haven't that they 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 did. Relatively recently was Slutty Vegan, which uh, Brian, I'm sure you're very familiar with, as you lived in it. As you lived in Atlanta, it's incredibly popular restaurant. Um, I don't even know if you would call it a restaurant. That's probably like under under undermining it because I think at this point they do so much more than just that. Um, But they're pretty they're really big, uh, and they're also investors in the Lip Bar, which is a Detroit-based makeup company. So shout out shout out to the Lip Bar. So they've done quite a few deals. They've done over 40 uh, 40 investments. Um, The fund was started in 2019. Um, and so the American Alliance for Equal Rights is a nonprofit, and they are basically the uh, nonprofit that is suing uh, the Fearless Fund. And so the, the reason why they're suing them is because the Fearless Fund has a, a grant called the Strivers Grant Contest. And this grant awards uh, black women, it's specifically for black women, uh, $20,000. I, I believe, I'm pretty sure it's non dilutive capital because it is a grant program. So it was non-dilutive capital for black women uh, to run their businesses. So $20,000. $20, and uh, the American Alliance for Equal Rights, this nonprofit, is saying that this particular program violates a section of the Civil Rights Act of uh, 1866. So for those who don't know, actually, there's two Civil Rights Acts. There's one that was passed in the 1960s, which Dr. King and a lot of civil rights people were heavily involved in. But there was another Civil Rights Act that was actually passed in the 1860s. And so this particular uh, nonprofit is saying that they're violating uh, some racial discrimination um, uh, laws from that civil rights bill. Uh, and they claimed that there are members of the um, actual fund that are being excluded because, again, this particular program is only geared towards black women when the fund itself does not just only invest in black women. They also invest in Asian women, Hispanic women, as well as Native American women. But this particular grant program is only towards black women. So I'm like, okay, this is pretty, you know, at at surface level, this may seem like not a big deal, but I took a step further and I'm like, okay, who's actually funding this? And so there's this guy named Edward uh, Bloom, who is he basically calls himself an American matchmaker um, who effectively uses his skills uh, to remove what he considers to be race conscious policies from American life. And this is a quote that he actually said from himself. He said, I seek out individuals or jurisdictions, corporations who have been discriminated against in various endeavors because of their race and ethnicity. Over the years, my outreach has, dis, has, uh, wait, my bad, covered that up, but essentially dismantle uh, many different organizations uh, for these practices. And basically, you know, he, what he does is he goes and he finds a case. A case that is currently open or he'll go out and find a business or, or institution that he believes is violating traditional conservative values. And then he'll go out and he'll find lawyers who will take on that case. And since the 1990s, dude, this is this is pretty astounding right here. This is a crazy statistic. My man is like my man is goaded in terms of getting cases to the to the Supreme Court, which is incredibly difficult, by the way, since the 1990s, since the 1990s, he has filed over, uh, filed over 12, uh, over 12 dozen cases, not 12 dozen, over 12 cases attempting to remove the concept of race from American laws. Eight of those, out of those 12 cases have gone on to the Supreme Court. Well, which ones have actually passed? So in, tw- in 2013, the Supreme Court passed a Voter's Right Act. So they basically rewrote some of the Voter's Right Act of 1965 they basically allow, mostly of the South, these are Southern states. So where I live, Texas, Alabama, Florida, like uh, Mississippi, like Louisiana, like some of these Southern states, essentially, they, they the Supreme Court passed this law that basically allowed these states to change their voting laws without having to get federal approval. So part of the stipulation of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 in order to keep things stable and equal across the board was that, hey, if you're going to make these big, voting rights or voting law changes, we need to have federal approval so that we can make sure that everything is staying good. The Supreme Court reversed that. So that changed things. So what did Texas do? So Texas, for example, instituted a ID check. So now if you go out and vote in Texas, you need to have an ID. So what did that do? That obviously stopped a bunch of minorities. And so the reason why I'm telling this particular story is because it has context into exactly who we're dealing with, who is helping to litigate and finance Cases that are starting to rewrite a bunch of laws that have been on the books for well over a hundred years. Again, I went back to the Civil Rights Act of 1866. So this is like the, we're we're talking about something that's been around for a long time. And then the last thing I'll say here before I, I get, get your take on it, there was this quote that he gave. Um, I don't have it right in front of me, but essentially he did an interview right. with the I think it was the New York Times, if I'm not mistaken. And it was after the affirmative action. So he, he was also, I, don't, I, I think I mentioned this, he was a part of the, the, the lawyer that helped re- reverse affirmative action from university. So not only was he a part of the Voting Rights Act, but he also rewrote different, got the affirmative action rules dismantled. So this man is systematically going through the system and rewriting these laws. Uh, but one thing that I, th- I thought was most important to give color into who we're dealing with here is he was giving this interview with The New York Times. And a very clear question came about, which is, do you believe the systematic racism in America exists? And his answer was no. He does not believe it. He rejects that, that notion, the systematic racism in America exists. He doesn't believe it. And so that obviously goes to show like how he decides to move about and what cases he goes after and what have you. And so what he's trying to do is obviously remove race conscious, remove the conversation of race without changing the underlying systems that cause these programs to need to be in place in the first place. And so this, first, this black fund that he's going after is just one, but there are going to be other, other funds that he'll probably go after. They're also looking at diversity and inclusion programs at corporate, at corporate companies. So we all on here have friends that were part of a program called Code 2040. Well, that's a conversation that's going to be coming up really soon on whether or not that, that program violates Civil Rights Act. Because I don't think there's any white graduates of Code 2040. Maybe there are, but that program is obviously geared towards black and and minority. So you guys get the get the point. But I I thought this this what seemed to be like this simple lawsuit that may not have much merit. You know, doesn't seem like it has much merit. But when you go deeper, it actually seems like it. It actually might. Um, And I think we all morally agree to like you know we need these programs. Women should get this funding. I think we're all on the same page there. But legally. I think he does have some grounds and some base um, in, in what he's doing. And and for, furthermore, he has an incredible track record. So I, I don't think he would be going, taking this this far if he actually didn't believe it himself. So, yeah, I want to get, get your thoughts on that because I thought it was pretty interesting when I, when I went a couple layers deep. I got a question.
1: Did any of y'all anticipate this coming like, this fast after affirmative action?
0: Like, that was literally just, like, a month or so ago? I didn't Mm -hmm. anticipate the target to— I didn't anticipate the target. However, um, the original affirmative action action case that he was involved in made me skeptical of his true intents um, based on, you know, what I knew about um, his, his stated goals. So I um, am not surprised um, at the timing of of maybe how fast he's moving, given the fact that there are a lot of, uh, because of what Dre said earlier about the Supreme Court and and states being able to change things uh, faster, it doesn't surprise me that people are taking the opportunities um, while they can right now to reverse a lot of things they don't believe in. For example, does not believe in uh, systemic racism. Which would um which would explain a lot of his actions. Um, but I did not expect what I am surprised about is the targets that he's chosen. Um, and now I'm wondering, um, I'm left to wonder many questions. But before I go into too much into that, Rowland, I, I like um uh yeah, I, I saw I, I, I'm not surprised by him, because um, I figured that like he had some underlying motives um hmm. and had some separation from you know, what, um, many people believe is our, our problems in America, uh, versus like, you know, um, what he's legally able to do in, and essentially do within the law. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, but I don't want to go too what, far. What, on one second. Own, uh, I gotta, yeah.
2: Let me quote this real quick. Cause I found the quote now. I just want to add this context. because I thought this was very, very insightful. Right. Uh, uh, So the interviewer asked him, I'm wondering if you believe in systematic racism, racism embedded in the institutions of American life. Because if you look at the statistics in our country, a typical white family holds 10 times the wealth that a typical black family does. There are currently only eight black CEOs of Fortune 500 uh, companies, 20 Latino CEOs. Black people live uh, sicker lives and they die younger than white people. I could go on. And his reply, quote, no. I don't believe in it. What your question implies is that in the D- in American DNA, there is racism. It was founded upon racism. It is part of this country. It is part of this country. And I reject that. So th- that that's who we're dealing with that, you know, that's his clear beliefs okay. and he's putting the, the, his the, capital the, behind his beliefs. Yeah.
0: What he's doing is making excuses for his, for his, his beliefs and not basing them on you can't, um, uh, make the claim that, um, that, that, you know, America wasn't founded upon something that, uh, existed before the foundation of the country, um, and further was reinforced by laws, um, by the country, et cetera. Um, he is, uh, playing a very strategic game of almost, um, self-righteousness and also, um, uh, plausible deniability about his true intentions, um, because um, laws are meant to protect people, especially the most vulnerable people. And so the reason why I was originally skeptical of this person is because of the of him. And in the case that I saw with our permanent action, Asians and black people are both minorities in America. They are both uh, laws that are, are been made uh, to protect them, uh, us, um, but then also other minorities like women, et cetera. Um, uh, because of all the things that are going on. So to me, of uh, someone that truly cares about these issues that he's talking about, would we focus on who is likely doing, um, the most damage to the vulnerable, um, which is, which would just by sheer numbers would have to be the, whoever the majority. Um, and so, um, I think his beliefs are, are, I don't know if he believe I don't even know if he believes what he says because they don't sound factual. Um, but I could go on for a little bit, for, for a minute on that. Hmm. It doesn't sound like his beliefs are based on facts. They sound like they're idealistic beliefs that the founding fathers didn't have uh bad intent, et cetera. Um, and that the systems don't, uh, block people in certain ways. However, he seems to, uh, either intentionally and maliciously, um, Or unintentionally, I don't believe it's unintentional, but yeah, but he may, let's say, let's say it was unintentional. He's not informed on the active ways that, in which case, um, multiple minorities and vulnerable populations were, after they were freed, continually um, bullied, um, continually used for free labor, continually lied to. For example, it was once illegal for black slaves to be able to read. So, even if you free, uh, f- imagine freeing a generation of, of black slaves that w- it was just illegal to, to read. Those are vulnerable populations. You can't sit here and say that none of those things affect um, black populations today. Um, and there's not long lasting effects today, unless you don't believe in cause and effect. Um, so I think that um, he's ingenuous and I think that he is a dangerous individual. I think that I feel sad for who he's targeting. Um, He's targeting groups and turning other groups against other minority groups against each other to gain support for his ultimate uh, goals. We're dealing with a dangerous individual. I do believe, though, that his intent will be more clear as he tries to go further. I do not believe that um, he will be able to uh, fully undo a lot of uh,
2: uh, things. Yeah. Let me, let me ask a more broader question. Brylon, I'm curious what your take is on this. Do you think there is perhaps validity in his original argument, which is that race should not be a consideration in American policy? Like, irrespective of the history or whatever the case may be, is like, his general belief is that the American society doesn't want to necessarily always have race be considered for a job. like you know, you don't want to not have to get a job. You don't not want a job because you're black. You also don't want to necessarily be given a job because you're black, right? Like you want a job because you're just qualified and like like everybody else is applying and like you can work at it like everybody else. So I'm curious, like, uh, what do you think about like the argument of race should be removed from American conscience? Like, I guess the, the concept of it being removed from institutions in terms of applications and things like that. I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think the argument is fair?
1: No, I think, I think, that argue, argument is pretty immature, um, just because <clears throat> I think context I think context matters. Like co- context is very similar to gravity; you can't ignore it. Like it's there; you have to work with it. And I think in the context uh, of of just policies, in um, in just making decisions about a group of people, it's very it's very hard to discredit history and i think i think Rodney spoke to it really well when he talked about cause and effect like <laughs> it's a chain it's a chain reaction that has been started and we and, and we're forced to respond based off of what it what it what is presented and so i don't i don't i don't agree with that piece of it but something i was curious about um just to hear if y'all saw anything was if you remember when affirmative action happened There was this clear difference in how, like, you know, black folks, rather if they were founders or investors in the space, kind of responded versus, like, Mm -hmm. your Andrew Chins of the world world, and, like, you know, other folks like that. Um, Yeah. Did y'all see anything similar when it came to, like, Fearless Fund? Like, I'm just kind of curious what y'all were seeing in, like, the social sphere.
2: I didn't see any... uh... I didn't really see any a lot of public support from traditional funds commenting on this particular case. I mean, obviously, I think the community broadly is uh, upset, right? And when I say community, like mm-hmm. that's obviously our community, right? But yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see anyone publicly come out. I know like the NCAA has, like been involved in helping out, but again, if you're talking about like from like the Andrew Chan's of the world or from like from some of these, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, of course not. They don't give a fuck about this. Like, this is a hundred million. First of all, this is a hundred million dollar fund. Like, they don't really care. Secondly, it's going towards black p- women or women of color. They don't really care about that, obviously, because that that is reflected in their numbers. So, no, I I, I didn't see uh, I didn't see any of that energy, not at all.
0: Yeah, not not Like from Jay said, not from um, the 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 most uh, larger ones, um, and. Um, and uh I did like Dre' also mentioned, I, I have seen a response uh in our community, especially if you separated um additionally with, you know, um you know, you know, um black tech communities and also uh Latinx, et cetera. You know, I saw that and I've heard that and I and I um and I felt uh uh bad for the individuals that are being targeted. I also see where the dangers of this could ultimately lead to and um you know uh there is a really healthy concern. I don't think that um here's what I unfortunately do believe. Here's my unfortunate belief. I do believe that there's um uh what uh there's a legality to it that uh that potentially could make things an unpayable outcome. At the same time, um I'm also of the wider perspective or the long-term perspective of of America in the sense of, um, you know, when somebody, uh, uh, when somebody and you cut your, when you cut your arm um, on accident and you didn't mean to, but you cut it on accident there, you might need to do a bunch of things, but the first thing you need to do is stop bleeding. So you got to do a bandaid. The bandaid are, for example, the, the, the laws that uh, people are saying Right now, are favoring, for example, certain minorities, et cetera. That's the mandate. Of course, ultimately, our angle as a shared, uh, you know, country would be to we don't have to consider these things at all. Uh, at the same time, um, these are band-aids, and if we had the other things already done, uh, we would be able to focus on um, healing in more of a a, a long t- longer term way. In which case, we can start to trust that it's not going to be about your race your gender or, you know, um, your uh, sexuality or whatever. Um, but that's not today. And so, t- therefore, the band is still required. Um, just because you don't have antibiotics right now doesn't mean that you can't put a band on today. So I think that he is a, I, my personal belief is that he's a malicious individual um, and he's attacking vulnerable communities. I also believe that he's taking incentives for other vulnerable communities. Um, for example, um, using other communities. I saw, I'm not speaking for all of Asian uh, people, um, but I saw an antidote from one Asian person that got a lot of traction, and he felt like um, that guy used them. He used them um, used them as um, a tool and he doesn't really, and he feels like now that he sees the fearless one situation, that it looks more like, oh, we were just a tool and you bringing down other minorities as opposed to you actually caring about um, getting rid of uh, uh, racial in, uh, uh, problems or whatever. And to Dre's point, also, to what Jay also said, he doesn't even believe in it. So I think with that, I from that one Asian person, again, doesn't speak for the whole Asian community, um, but I saw a lot of Asian people also sentiment of that the larger ones, no, I haven't seen that but I have seen some and, um, I felt like that was empathetic. Um, and I respected those takes. Um, and, um, and also I understand why, um, you, you know, might as a, a why minorities in our positions that we are in, um, can be a little bit more, um, uh, susceptible to not realizing uh, ulterior motives, um, that are meant Mm -hmm. to break down, you know, things that uh, are meant to protect all of us. Um, hmm. But um, I yeah, think that's my, my, I, I take think take on that.
2: One, one thing one thing I'll add, that we can move on. Two things, actually. I think there's two things that are really, uh, to speak to me about the situation. So one is that he is not doing this alone, right? Like he has backers hmm. and he has donors and he has people who are financing him and funding him in order to preserve traditional, white American values. That's basically what it is, right? And the other thing that's concerning to me as well is that let's just say he does believe that America isn't like built on systemic racism. Let's just say, for a second, let's just pretend that he does believe that, right? I think what's concerning to me then is that you have a person who has the power and also the backing to shape policy that can exist for a very long time for a country that they don't understand the historical context of. Because to make a statement that America isn't built on racism is completely false. Like, like there's no wow. way around that. That's, a, that, that. that's a crazy statement. So let's just assume it's true. If that were true, then there's a broader issue at hand where you can have somebody who truly doesn't understand the system that they are themselves impacting. Well, let's take the other side and let's say that it's not true. Then the broader concern for, for I mean, for everybody is like, we're kind of rolling back the clock a little bit. That's what it feels like in many areas. In many areas where we kind of progress, we kind of roll back the clock. And um, yeah, we should stay observant to that because I think that's important. And, you know, it's easy to like put your head down and be like, I'm not affected by that. I'm good. I'm in tech or whatever industry you in, I'm straight I'm this, I'm that. But we're talking about voting law policy. We're talking about educational institutional policy. Okay. Like we're 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 talking about funding policy. We're talking about real shit that affects everybody's life every single day. And so this is not a matter of class or any of that. This is about a a systematic attack to preserve white conservative values in america that's what this is and i think that deserves a, a, a quite a bit of light because it's a problem i think it's a problem i really do so
0: yeah we can no, move it, from I, it. I, it I, is it is it is no, I, 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 I do want to say 100%. something else too so, i do want to say something else too um i also consider you know uh working class americans regardless of any race vulnerable um as well um in the conversation in the sense of for example um it's not hard for me to see how um there are people who feel disenfranchised and so many has sold them on the belief that um that the border is the problem or this person coming to take your job is the problem or this person right here uh, who's getting a minority like who was a part of this minority group is the problem is those are also uh people who are vulnerable um that are because i don't believe uh like um Here's what I do believe. I do believe that there's a, a, a strategic unwinding, and the people who are who are ultimately doing this don't care about anybody. I think they don't even care about the own people that are buying into it that they think they do. Like they, they there's um, there's some. I think there are. I think there are people uh, who are also white who are in disadvantaged situations for whatever reason, and it's easy for them to buy into the narrative that. If somebody else, that's the problem for my life. Um, and so mm. um, I think that's an easy narrative to buy into. And so they're also being taken advantage of. Ultimately, the people who have the power and who are doing these coordinated things like Dre is talking about, they don't care about anybody. They just care about maintaining primarily, yes, the race part of it, but also just their position in, in this whole thing um, and their legacies, et cetera. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's that's my last piece on that. Um uh Bradley had anything else, but I guess there was another topic that's um that we were we're gonna get to uh I think I think I forgot what it was. What was what were, what were we talking about before this? there was another like the self self-driving brighter.
2: cars. Self-driving cars. This is more after, uh, the future. Yeah. It's more, hold wanna, up,
1: hold up. Do you do you, hold up, hold up, hold up. The topics we be discussing all here are wild. It's almost out of like a sci-fi book. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. We're living in a world where you're you're seeing all these different important policies unwind, and then you have this crazy evolution in technology happening. And I feel like both of them are going under the radar. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know, I, agree. So I see. So think,
0: yeah. There's a lot of distractions right now, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, I agree Go you. ahead,
2: Joe. I was gonna say, I mean I mean, look, history is a good uh, is 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 a good one doing to the future, right going back right, if you go back and look at like in the eighteen sixties right when that first civil rights bill was passed, and then things started after that bill was passed, things started to get rewritten, and then what happened in the early nineteen in the late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds we went through an industrial boom, right that's a technology shift that happened in America. it wasn't through computers, but it was through industrial, it was through oil, it was through gas, it was through a lot of different ways. And so, yeah, I I think to echo what you're saying, Brylin, it kind of feels similar, similar to that time. To be honest, it feels very similar to that time.
1: No, 100%. So I know we were talking about cruise and Waymo and just autonomous vehicles in general, man. Uh, And I'm sure Hopefully for many of the listeners out there, y'all saw that California. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was California, the state of California, approved hmm. their license for level five autonomy. Like, you have to understand what the hell that
2: means. <laughs> yeah. That is why. So break down break break down level business. five. Cause I don't even think I don't even think most people are familiar with like the fact that there are different levels of autonomy that exist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. So, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want to cap on this. So I want, I want, I want, I want to make sure I'm, I'm giving it to you yeah. in straight facts. And so, yeah. So there's actually six levels of autonomy, right? The first, uh, so the first level is actually level zero, no automation, like, The driver is in full control of the vehicle at all times. Then you have level one, which is driver assistance. The vehicle features a single automated system for drivers. And this can be, you know, like cruise control. Then there's partial automation, which is level two. The vehicle can control both steering and accelerating. So rather than just one or the other, it's like, nah, I can actually control where you go and how fast you get there. And then level three is conditional. The vehicle is capable of driving itself in particular conditions, which it can take control of all safety uh, critical systems. This is very interesting Mm -hmm. because think about how over the last few um, years, a lot of cars kind of have added like road assist, like or whatever the control was where you could push it and the car would just kind of drive, you know, as long as it was in those same lines, right? It wouldn't switch lanes like the Tesla. But it did a little something, something. Yeah. And then and then and then we had level four, which was high automation. This is where a lot of the vehicles, um, I would say when it comes to cruise and Waymo have kind of been. The vehicle is capable of driving itself in most conditions, but it like still requires that human intervention. And then level five, this is the big boy, the one that a lot of uh a lot of self-driving car companies have been working on for damn near 10 to 15 years, if we're being honest. Like it's it's been a minute, um, but this is when the vehicle can fully be autonomous. There's no driver or any intervention in the car. Like it's empty, and you just hop in to an empty car, and it turns itself in. Into- <laughs> it, it. It it does all that by itself.
0: Hmm. It, they run all night. What like what? What do they store? Yeah, twenty four seven, bro. So so what do well, they store? Actually. Cars? The,
2: the, the new law, though, allows them to run 24-7. Were they running 24-7 before?
1: No, 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 no. They were running during specific uh, times, I believe.
2: Yeah, so that's the big so, difference here so, is like, now you have these autonomous vehicles that can run 24-7 now. Run and make money. Because that, <laughs> that was also part of the condition yeah. before is, like, I think, like, uh, Waymo was, like, giving away rides. They couldn't charge. I think Cruise was yeah. charging for night rides or something like that. There was, like, stipulations on how to charge, which I don't even understand yeah. why, but... It was so now those restrictions are lifted now so now you can it's all night and you can charge so that changes the game completely in my opinion.
0: That does change it. Like I can't even imagine that. I mean, I I, I get concerned about that in some ways. Uh, for I mean, I, I I'm all for the future of this this technology. You know, um, I uh, but I get concerned at like you know like a uh, the wear and tear of vehicles. Um for example and what they do in those scenarios and how they like you know there's just, just a few things just and I think maybe it was uh, my experience uh working at a scooter company in which case like you know we allowed we owned the the scooters and people rented them and they um you know uh there' was various different things that, that that happened because of that um uh these are seem to be a lot more controlled than for example a scooter on the street. You know, this pulls like, like, you know, these are, they're constantly working, et cetera. Um, you know, uh, but I wonder uh, what happens. Uh, do they, do they start to, I wonder how they start to roll this out now? Uh, because, uh, well, it, does that bro. mean we see a lot more of them? Or, cause I was seeing these, I, when I was last in San Francisco about a month ago, I was seeing these, but uh, I was seeing a lot more than I saw when I originally lived there. And so, mm. are we going to see a lot more? And then also, too, like, you know, like it's like not having like like even outside of the driving concerns. You know, um, not to 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 be a a heavy a down or anything, but just like you're just one. Like let's say you're just riding as one individual. Does that affect how people perceive these vehicles um, from like a criminal standpoint? You know, like oh, there's no witnesses essentially. Um, you know, just this just ways that like people you know because we're also seeing crime and crime go up in san francisco we're also seeing other things and also just you know los angeles as well as not just so i wonder about some of those things no
1: those those those, those are definitely i'm surprised it's um okay oh, go ahead Joe.
2: i was just gonna say i'm surprised they actually picked san francisco i'm surprised and then not surprised because of all the crime that does occur there and just yeah. how crazy it is. But yeah. also, too, the media says San Francisco, but they could be really in, like, Palo Alto or Menlo Park. That's not San Francisco. Mm. So, like, I, I don't really know if they're, like, actually in the city. I don't, I don't know those, those specific details, but yeah, um, yeah. I, am surprised, I am surprised by that. But one thing I did see, which I thought was interesting, and this caused a little bit of concern for me, but I also thought about, like, a potential opportunity here. So there was this NBC News uh, journalist who took a uh, test ride in a cruise vehicle and they were doing it with the uh, driver instructor, not from cruise, but from a separate company that does like driving instructing for like, you know, teenagers who's trying to get their license or whoever. And they were both in the backseat cars driving itself and they are at this particular intersection or on the street where one of the lanes is closed off due to construction. So the car needs to get over. The car literally freaks out. And just diagonally crosses itself across one of the busy lanes and just stops and the car is wow. stuck there for like 20 minutes while the person is waiting for it and really? so traffic is gone people blowing the horn and people pissed off or whatever and this has happened quite a few times but i'm just wondering like this, this is not a, like a product limitation so I, I don't know the the specific reason but i think there is an opportunity that as we start to see more autonomous vehicles I think there's an opportunity for almost like a takeover service in a way, because I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like there should have oh, been an sure. a, a easy way for that car to be remotely taken over, and just like like remotely yeah. taken over like instantly and like yes. able to just like rec- recalibrate, get back on the road and go right. That's like safety I feel like because right now what Cruise and a lot of these companies do from a safety standpoint is they default to pulling over to the side of the road, which is fine. I'm you know there's there's pros and cons to that particular approach, but fine, they, they've they done made that decision, that's fine. But the, the other part is, like, why you got a vehicle that's just stuck in the middle of the street like this? Like, there are going to be other situations where these vehicles are not going to be prepared for. And so that makes me wonder, like, the opportunity for, like, a, a takeover, almost like OnStar for, like, autonomous vehicles in a way. Like, kind of like yes. the purpose of what OnStar used to, used to do back in the day. Like, roadside assistance is always there. Like, kind of like that, but the ability is that to, like, take over the car.
1: Is, is that something crews would have, or would they be okay with a
2: third party? I don't know. I think it should be a third party. It should be a third party. I think it should be a third party Uh, because that should be a standard. I think it should be a standard feature, like a standard option on autonomous vehicles. But then the question is, if that does become a standard on all autonomous vehicles, then are all autonomous vehicles going to build out the infrastructure to support that internally? Then that doesn't start to make sense. Right. And that's where I I get to like a third party coming into place because beyond just cars or vehicles on the road, Eventually, even when we have autonomous drones, autonomous other vehicles in general, like even robots, like I I had like a little bot come and deliver food from DoorDash not too long ago. Like, and I'm sure like that Mm -hmm. can probably, a human driver can probably take over on that. So I I think across vehicles, there's opportunity. So I don't know, maybe crews will build it themselves because they're big enough to do it. But for some of these other, you know, automakers like Rivian, for example, I don't know if it makes sense for them as a startup to invest in this. You know, if they start doing autonomous vehicles, you know, versus you know, Cruise, which is backed by General Motors.
0: Yeah, it. Yeah, that's a. You bring up a brilliant point, and even just saying like the star for autonomous vehicle, um, makes it very clear uh, what you're speaking to, um, or even just like the AAA of it, you know, because mm. you know, um, what they want to do, what they should all want, what all autonomous companies, uh, car companies should want. Is that they should want to definitely minimize a uh, traumatic incidents, um, and it's not always in the best uh, interest of uh, the person or persons inside the vehicle just to pull over to the side or stop or stop whatever is happening or whatever. There are a lot of cases where, um, you know, uh, despite the AI that, that they're using and the and things that it's ultimately all still being trained, it's ultimately still being trained. Um, Eli not even going as far as saying. Yeah, exactly. Elon going as far as saying that they have the best AI as far as like reality goes. And so everybody's at the same level. Um, and so um, uh, everybody's not going to be at the same yeah. level. But here's the thing. Um, the um, For example, I, I had a Cocoa bot come once when I was uh, getting lunch with my uh, girlfriend once. And, and, it, and it was funny. It was kind of like zippy and whatnot. And for us, that I know, Coco is a, is a delivery bot that can... You know, sometimes you'll be on like a, a Uber Eats or something and they'll just come to your door or something like that. And like, like, it's really zippy, it's really fast. I don't know where they come from. Sometimes they look like they're at restaurants. Point being is, I found out, though, that there are people who are remote operators um, that are also behind them. Uh, they're not just um, yeah. completely autonomous. Um, and so mm. yeah, you would naturally definitely think that um, if if that is true with Coco, for example, or delivery bots, then you definitely uh, should have some level of human surveillance when it comes to autonomous vehicles. If that is not happening or the, uh, somebody doesn't have the ability to take control of the car, um, that could be um, very, uh, like, could because also, too, they need to consider, like, that the world is not, like, this is new to the world, too. So you, and that's the scenario that Dre described where it kind of stopped and was in the middle of the road people are honking and going like you can see how for example imagine you're just like 16 years old you just called a ride or something and like you don't know what to do like you just don't know what to do you're jammed up everybody's honking at you they don't understand it ultimately they're looking at you and really it's a man function with like and so that is not something that you would want and it would make people you know tell stories that you don't want to happen and we and every vehicle transformation goes to this um, scooter companies were no different. You know, we had to learn, unfortunately, through training and things that happened in real world scenarios that didn't happen when we first tested it in Los Angeles. You know, um, so um yeah, remote operation. Um, I think it should be almost mandatory. And then further, uh, there should be independent parties that are responsible for, for that. Um, uh, cause it will not make sense. Uh, for everybody to do it um, uh, in the way that we're describing. Um, but I do think it should be, like, damn near required, like, how it is to have car insurance. Let let, let me let me ask this question and sort of conversation a little bit differently.
1: Which business model wins? Because you kind of have two different business models on the extremes that are developing, where you have, like, the closed-end approach, pretty similar to, like, you know, what we're seeing in the AI space, you have Cruise and Waymo. They're building, you know, the hardware and and also the software, you know, most of the software um, as well. Um, but then you have someone like a Tesla, which is distributing the nodes. So rather than having, you know, a closed system where all the vehicles are owned by one provider, they're distributing these vehicles with this technology on to, to, to multiple people right and each of them you know obviously create this unique opportunity to have a network of vehicles to deliver you know for delivery services or ride sharing things of that nature which one wins you love how uber though right you didn't you didn't say
2: uber. okay uber okay uber and Lyft. You, uber and Lyft you, you, you in the middle you can't you can't just sleep on you can't just sleep on over and because they okay. are they are in the game. They the game, right? But every, massive- every everybody's
1: trying to do the same thing, get to the money, but in a different way. So which way wins
0: though? Is it winner take all hmm. though? Is it winner take all? Um, I don't know if it's winner take all. Um, I don't know if it's and what winner. What do you take mean all. by
2: win? And what do you mean by win? Like, are you are you are you asking the question like who can build maybe like the biggest enterprise value in the space? Or, like, who can just be, like, the dominant, go-to, autonomous ride-share platform? Like, what does winning look like? Because well, yeah, if I've, we're talking I've, about I've, a I've, dominance... Oh, go ahead. I'm saying enterprise,
1: inter- enterprise value. I think when it comes to transportation, we are on the brink of a major shift of, like, how those dollars yeah. will be spent.
2: Yeah. And I think not, I think not only the winner, in terms of... Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, go ahead. I think the winner is Uber. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I think the winner is going to be Uber. I think it's going to be Tesla. I think it's Uber because, bro, Uber has massive distribution. And they have an incredible driver network that already exists. And I think in the world, the world that we're going into, although it may look like we're going fast, we're going slow. And so I think what's going to be important today mm. is choice. Do consumers have choice? If I want an autonomous car because it's available, sure, I'll take it. But if I want a car with a driver in it, because me and my friends are going out to a night to a party and we pulling up at the club and we want the black like like you know, it's, it's, it's different use cases. And so I, I feel like from a like going out to a broad audience, I think Uber is like deeply entrenched there and I think they've done the work. So I think they're good. And also too, I think they're best positioned to just add on to the network. They don't have to do much different. They already have customers, credit cards. They they don't have to they don't have to do much in order to just simply add a new service. and They've, they've, they've done that over time with UberX, with mm-hmm. UberPool, with some of the other right share options they have, although it's not autonomous. They've added other products, which has actually changed the market. They were like some of the first to actually do that. The other part is I think Tesla will win because I think in, the, in, in Tesla's scenario, their strategy is a little bit different, right? Because yeah, they're selling, you to, they're selling you to know technically, right? But Elon's position is that, hey, if you buy a Tesla car, you can then take your car and put it onto this rideshare network and go make money as well. And so, in, in that world, what does that look like? Is it best for Tesla to completely own that entire thing where they now have to do customer acquisition to get people to take taxi services in their cars? Or does Tesla just plug into an Uber or a Lyft that already has a distribution network? Right? Because just having the supply isn't enough necessary to kick up the demand. To make it hold up, hold up. Uh, hold, up hold up, hold
1: up, hold up, hold up. Are you saying Uber potentially can be the new GPU? Is that is that what I'm hearing? You're essentially no, it's, saying it's possible.
2: It's possible. <laughs> that is a crazy claim. Possible. That is wild. It, it, it is possible, yeah. bro. It's all about to me, it's That's all wild, about though. where a company sit. It's all about where does a company sit in the value chain? Where do they sit yes. in the value chain? And what leverage do they have from sitting in that value chain? I think Uber has an immense amount right. of leverage and brand leverage. Like, think about this. People tried to kill, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. and they're still around.
1: Yeah. And think about this. For the yeah. longest, people didn't think Uber was going to get to profit. Right. And they did. For the longest. Yeah. It, Uber Eats been profitable for a minute.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yes so that th- that business is scary long term okay
0: okay w- what are your thoughts Rodney? um I think I'm with both of y'all in uh in the sense of like uh just in the sentiment of um it's an interesting take of where things are going, but also more specifically you know uh what, what Dre saying like the you know um the uh, Tesla and Uber being the winners of autonomous vehicles, despite, for example, maybe Waymo and uh, cruise making strides, especially, you, you know, and like in that particular niche, um, uh, you know, cause I, I, cause Tesla right now is just trying to allow you to drive autonomously while you're in the car. That's different um, than, you know, trying to say, Hey, we're doing this network. Uh Tesla. No, that, that.
1: think about it. That, that. He, he, he got that push that button, let your car go do some, do the work for you. He got
0: that coming. Yeah, you no, know, he got it coming. Not that he doesn't have it coming. Not that he has, doesn't have it coming. It's just that, it's just that, it's just that he doesn't have to do, he's not currently responsible for the work of the self, like that thing that's coming. Google and Waymo, like Google and Waymo and all, they're doing that work right now. The lawmakers, like they're, they're doing that work right now. You know, I want them to do it. Um, Kind of like how sometimes they, uh, uh, Google would come out with a lot of cool stuff, um, and Apple will just wait and just do it better, <laughs> you know. Like like just because they have a different strategy as far as um, the the way that they distribute uh, vehicles, uh, with with specifically with Waymo and maybe Cruise, and, and like and and I, I tend towards um, uh, it, it being if there is going to be company supply of vehicles, it needs to be a base supply. Uh, but not the primary supply. Um, I think yeah. that that's where, um, uh, I, I think that like, if you know, I I just get concerned about uh, like the scalability of like, you know, of if they are like, like they would have like, it, to me, it would seem like the plan for them would be to be creating a network in which case they may create some level of a uh, standard protocol, like how, you know, car, out there's Apple CarPlay, et cetera, or Google auto or whatever. Um, into which case, you know, automakers can maybe, you know, allow you to do what Tesla's already planning to allow you to do with Tesla's, you know, I can see maybe that, but I do think Uber is, is super extremely positioned, um, as far as the network. And, um, I think they get, a, I think they've done the research. I think they have a lot of real time inform. I think they have a lot of real time information as far as traffic. I, they have also conflict, a lot of information around conflicts uh, you know, for better or for worse, things that have happened on the network. Um, um, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think Tesla and Uber, um, and Lyft, I, I, I put Lyft in there too. Um, uh, because I, I see, I can see Tesla having their own self-driving network, but also allowing, you know, um, people to put Teslas on other networks, depending on maybe a few different factors, It depends on how it goes, but um yeah i can i can i can see that um but i do think that like like google and they need to allow like it's cool that they have people ordering devices and whatnot but again my original questions were like where are they storing these things these things are offering all day um you know like wear and tear like security also like things like what jay was saying like you know like if it does That's a like lot. hit a thing where it just That's doesn't know what to do yeah it's just yeah
2: it's a lot to manage yeah. to, to, to so, manage and to scale, that is a, a significant yeah. amount of shit. A ton to do do. And GM is uh, behind crews and shit. GM can barely build enough electric vehicles to not go out of business. So how are they gonna yeah. be, uh, also scale yeah. a taxi service on yeah. the side? Yeah. <laughs> like they, gotta, they so, got so, so they so got
1: I wanna ask this question. How does Yeah with the introduction of autonomous vehicles and one of the assumptions with that is like obviously because the driver is being removed cost should significantly go down as well because that's been one of the big complaints around like uber right if if that is true now people have autonomous riding in, in an autonomous vehicle is the same cost or cheaper than hopping on you know the subway the train what does that do to the consumers' behavior when they think about transportation in general?
2: I don't think it would be that cheap. I don't ever think it would be that cheap. Mm. I can't see that. You don't think so? That's possible? No, not at all. Because I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't see how that makes sense. Like because like in the case of mass transit, it makes sense because you have, a, you know, a large number of people, right? Like you can distribute that cost much more, much more evenly. Evenly distribute the cost when you have a bus full of 60 people, right? But if a bus route only had two people ride in between stops, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be the cost that it is, right? It, it wouldn't make sense. And so I, I can't ever see the price getting that low, but I could see the price getting lower than like a current taxi or a current Uber. So maybe it's like an in-between that route, in be, in, you know, in-between there. Uh, so I still think that like definitely brings cost savings. Don't get me wrong, but I think comparing Mm -hmm. it to like a mass transit bus or train, I that would be yeah. I think we literally would need hundreds of millions of cars on the road for that to even be possible. But um yeah, yeah Yeah. that's just that's just my take. But I do think the yeah, but I do think the cost advantages uh, for the consumer is good, right? Mm -hmm. Like like in Rodney's case, the 16 year old now maybe they can't afford it. Where like you know the 16 year old maybe they can't afford a Uber home because that is just too much. You know the train takes too long. They can obviously afford that. So maybe this introduces another alternative this cheaper uh be, you know just between those two options
0: yeah for sure i could see that i could see that um so yeah look um we have another topic for you guys and uh uh by the way that autonomous um conversation i'm still like blown away by some of the stuff we're considering like the fact that it's, it's 2023 it's before I go to the next topic, real quick, just to be clear, crazy California is saying that all of California is allowed to do level five or are they just talking about like, no, 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 like, no, I,
1: I got, I got this wrong. So it was uh, San okay.
0: Francisco. Okay. Yeah. got you. Okay. Yep. Okay. got you. But Dre also did mention though, that they are testing these things in Houston as well. Um, uh, which I found, you know, uh, a little, a little uh, surprising and, you know, curious. I was also curious. At how it was being received, but uh, but yeah, no. Look, so um, in other news, though, speaking of uh, speaking of just AI, maybe and ro- uh, robotics, but also Anthropic, right? So I thought Anthropic has, uh, um, they are famously known for Claude and uh, working, and especially their most recent, like, um, consumer um, type of product um but also they they're ironically they're also backed by google as well but they just raised a hundred million dollars um in this last uh week uh few days or so and um yeah um it's it's interesting uh it's um uh, a hundred million dollars um it's not a little bit of a amount of money what do you guys think about this um this this raise and um I guess it's going to go towards just building more uh, of their AI uh, and they want to essentially strengthen telecommunications uh, and AI business. So the way I took that was, for example, maybe like, you know, uh, call centers or uh, just like, you know, more uh, business tailored uh, functionalities. Uh, But what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. I hadn't even heard
1: of, heard of the news yet. Uh, I'm checking. I'm checking yeah. it out right now. What are your What are your thoughts, Trey?
2: Yeah, I don't really have much. I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like they, of course, they need the capital. Yeah. I, I, I suspect tons of more AI companies will continue to raise money, as that's just uh, where the, the 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 coal is hot right now in terms of like where VC dollars are going. So I'm not surprised there. Um, and with the release of their new cloud product, I'd imagine like engagement usage and all that stuff is probably up. The other thing too, is this round probably could have been done a long time ago. Sometimes companies like do rounds a, months ago. And they just don't announce it yeah. because like True. they don't want it to conflict maybe with a product release or just focus. Right. Nice. Cause the moment like this headline goes out, what, what happens? CEOs and all the executives get flooded with shit. Whether it's sales Digital. pitches, whether it's other Man. investors or angels, like just a bunch of floods. So, it could just be controlling the narrative. But uh, yeah, kudos to the team. Uh, isn't this the company just backed by Rehawk? Yeah. Like, isn't Rehawk you know, Huff, speaking Huffman of over uh, uh, Just
0: uh, like I sounded like the funding of this, um, uh, of this in particular, I saw an interesting tweet go uh, 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 viral uh, from somebody that was, you know, there's a lot of um, AI influencers right now. Um, uh, you know, um, and I would say that that's not a bad thing. I think there a lot of people that have been like sharing like things that I didn't know or just, you know, um, things about AI that, that uh, like news that I didn't see, or even for example, things that people, you know, love to hate, like prompt enge- engineering and whatnot. But, um, there was, uh, some tweet that went like viral. I don't know to what extent if you guys saw it at all, but essentially it was that a, a chat GPT or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, open AI will run out of money by 2024 uh, or they're at risk to run out of money by 2024. Um, and it was very intriguing to see how, you know, um, even this person who has built a name off AI, especially as a recently was bigger um, you know, they have nearly a hundred thousand followers. They also have many people that, that, that saw this as like, you know, and they based it off this, uh, news site. And let me just ask y'all a question and it's, uh, it's clearly rhetorical, but, uh, you guys think, you guys think that there's any credence to che uh, to open AI losing money or going bankrupt by 2024 because they are spending for example, $700,000 per day with ChatGPT. No. Yeah. I've, I've,
1: yeah. I've, I've, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. that's
1: only $255 yes. million. They raised $10 billion. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. And But here's the thing. Aren't they
1: making the out on way... a $20 subscription too?
2: Yeah,
0: and that is yeah. the thing about and that's what I wanted to speak to about how about how, for example, a seemingly uh, credible tweet could be misinterpreted by people and uh, spreading. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, even the tweet I'm looking at has 100,000, nearly 100,000 views on it, and it starts off by saying ChatGPT costs i 700,000 dollars per day. Off jump the way that is framed, nobody who is outside of our industry. Um, uh, without the context of startups and how financing works in VC, et cetera, uh, that would sound very alarming, you know? And it is alarming to some extent, you know, uh, but it lacks context. And I thought it was interesting that they, it started a conversation, but to, to Brian's point, yes, that's only 255 million per year. I hate to say only, but this is a company that is backed by Microsoft. They have ties, strong ties, um, and they've raised over $10 million. And also, they are charging for ChatGPT. Um, and I only assume that maybe they the cost of whatever they're doing gets cheaper over time. Um, so it was just interesting. I thought it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring it up. But I just wanted to make it clear to people that um, sometimes these facts, or sorry, or these um, these things that people are representing as facts, um, seem good. On, they, they make sense on the surface until you dig deeper in this case, it's pretty clear to us, but I can see how you could casually scroll and if you don't know much about AI, you might, you know, start telling all your friends about how OpenAI is going to go bankrupt in 2024 and you couldn't be further from the truth.
1: What 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 does that say about what
0: truth may look like in the future? Oh, that's a whole I don't even know if we should open that pack. That that that, that catam where I was saying. Truth in the future <laughs> it's gonna be very mixed i'll put it like that it'll be very mixed <laughs> it'll be very mixed that's the best way i can put it uh, it's already mixed yeah that's a deep, it's already mixed
2: that's a deep that's a deep question right now honestly bro you i don't even know it was real now to be honest like shit, yeah bro, exactly I, I i have no idea i have no idea what percentage of what i see at least on my social media is actually Coming from a real person, and then let alone if the headline is real, unless I like literally click on it and like go and, and verify. But outside of that, I have no idea. So much is probably generated. Um, yeah. The system generated. Who knows? We might be living in our own silos and not even realize it.
0: And, and it was a high possibility we are in multiple different areas. You know, um, my for you on Google news looks different from y'all's, it's on an interest and in, it's just interesting. Uh, but as far as what, what's true, yeah, I think this is a conversation that,
2: mm. that,
0: yeah, that will be, I think that's a whole podcast episode, another podcast episode potentially. Um, about, and, and maybe we include, we're all for the listeners about that. But, uh, that, that's going <laughs> to be very sticky. That's going to be very sticky. It's going to be very, because outside of even just bots and whatnot, people, you don't know what's true just because some people are genuinely believing something that doesn't make sense, or maybe they're at a different level of understanding or, uh, or maybe they misread something, or there are so many factors that lead to the misrepresentation of um, maybe something that's concrete. And still, um, we acknowledge, based on even the way our criminal justice system is set up, that you know um, that multiple perspectives need to be accounted for in it, even a, like a trial, for example. Uh, if it feels very easy to determine truth. We've already done that. Um, it's not easy to do that. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's never been easy to do that cause we're all seeing from multiple views. Um, luckily, we have potential tools in the future that will allow us to have hopefully some clearer pictures of maybe things that are hard to see while we are playing the game of being humans. Like we're playing, we're, we are, in, we are, we are we were born a human. We are in that game, whether we, whatever you believe or how we got here, you're now a part of that. So, you know, there's information could be fake or real, or it could be real to somebody uh, and maybe not real to you for whatever the reason is. Um, and it's complex. And it will, it will be way more complex in the future. Way more. That's why I say mixed. That's why I say mixed. It will be very blended. That's how I look I'm at a, it. By the way, I'm actually... Speaking of the blended. Sorry. Sorry for this is a little you, moment. But but speaking of blended, I was at the the other day with my uh, girlfriend and I, we, I looked to my... I was getting a smoothie and I looked to my right and I see this like Hologram, like it's like a jeweler store, and it's like this lady. I, I thought she was real at first. I'm not gonna. Lie, I thought she was real, and I have good. I have like perfect vision, oh. right? And uh she was a holog. It was like a. It was like a billboard, but it looked like a holog. Like it was weird. I recorded the video and everything, and I was, just was felt so weird. This was at a mall. Oh. This was like Westfield Mall in Culver- like like Culver City or something, like. And I was like, I thought. I mean, easy a little bit because it started making me think about, one, not only would I, like, did I originally not realize it wasn't a real person, but also just it started making me think about the future of, for example, you know, being guided through, for example, a jewelry store by somebody who's not real, but could because of new capabilities of technology, et cetera. So it made me feel a little strange and whatnot. Like it threw me off guard. Um, you know, I didn't expect that. And, and it did a really good job. Whoever did it uh, caught my attention. I recorded the video i didn't buy anything though (laughs) but um uh uh but uh yeah it 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 was uh, a little unnerving a little bit
2: yeah that's crazy i never seen nothing like that before yes drop drop the video i want to see it yeah i got y'all i got (laughs) y'all (laughs) got gosh because if they can do that now
0: bro i'll tell y'all if they can i'm telling you at first (laughs) glance it it, it was waving at me oh no i'm telling you (laughs) But <laughs> and you, go, I can only see where I last had it, so I'm just like, man, it's it's only a matter of time. What is that like? Five yeah. years before they can really have a, a good hologram that you really would have to pay close attention to. That's why I say mix. That's why I keep saying mixed. It's not gonna be mm-hmm. easy. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna need to like attention is gonna be like valuable to another level. Like you, it's gonna be difficult because you need to pay attention, or you don't Maybe you don't want to, Mm -hmm. and everything's smooth. But maybe that's maybe that's in the matrix. (laughs) You know, uh, a red pill versus blue pill type of situation. Who knows?
2: Yeah, yeah. Bet y'all, y'all got any other topics?
0: are we wrapping it up. I think we're wrapping it up. Yeah, I think that was good, man.
2: All right, get y'all on the next one.